Hello, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gary. And welcome to episode 67 of Choose Film, a real retrospective podcast, where we take a close look at a film chosen by our very special guest host. As you know, we are currently halfway, over the halfway point, aren't we now, Gary? Yes, yep. Yep, of the season Good versus Evil. Today we are joined by Paul Longley. Is that how, is that right? That Sorry. is correct, yeah. That's Hello, fine. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep that in, it's fine. We have decided that on this episode, we'll be taking a look at Paddington too. So, Paul, thank you for joining us and for confirming that was right. <laughs> yeah, no, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty phonetically done. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, any excuse to talk about Paddington too? Um, right. Probably, mm. probably one of my favourite films. Um and oh. also very much a thing of where I really have crowbarred this in to this theme of uh, good versus evil, as in uh, most people would think of a more classic, probably like a Marvel film or something. I've gone for for very much a kids' film. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's, I, feel it, I feel it just about fits. Um, but I, I'm sure as we discuss it further, I'll be able to sort of really, really push that evil element more uh, yeah. to make it work. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> Gary? Have you seen Paddington 2 before? I've seen Paddington 1 before, and this is my first time seeing Paddington 2, and I would say it very much fits the good versus evil, mm-hmm. and also I preferred Paddington 2 to the first one. Mm. So it's, it's one of those things, that it's, it, it breaks that mould of uh, a sequel is ne- never normally better than the original, but uh, mm. it's one of the only times where I do think it actually is correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I remember when uh, hearing as a second Paddington film coming out, I was thinking, oh, God, that's uh, that's not a good idea. Just stick with one. And then uh, <laughs> the second came out and blow, blew my socks off. Blew my socks off as a, as a bloke in his late 20s. Really shouldn't have done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's no judgment here. It's a safe space. You like what I, you like. <laughs> I also said to Rebecca that it scores 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah. It was it was actually on a hundred, and then someone posted it. It was it was battling with um, the third man, and uh, the third man was originally on hundred percent. Then someone found an an eighty year old negative review of the film, which knocked it down to ninety nine. And then Paddington two went up to a hundred. So then I think someone has just created a negative twenty twenty one negative review of Paddington two to knock it down. <laughs> but, so um, sad. Just because at one point it was the at one point it was seen as the perfect film. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you it was that Phoenix Buchanan. (laughs) (laughs) And his prison cell. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen the first Paddington. Have you not? No, I don't think so. So I'm pretty sure I've only seen. This wasn't my first time seeing uh, Paddington Two. I've seen it a few times, but I feel it works as a standalone film anyway. I don't really think you'd need much of the first one i think a lot of people paddington everyone knows who paddington bear is so Mm. i can't comment much on what kind of context is in the first one but i felt like i didn't need really any backstory or anything like that at all to sort of get the second one it felt like a very good like standalone film maybe paddington will be like the next like james bond franchise where it's just a different villain 
each film yeah. uh, you know and, and <laughs> they're gonna say different version of bear i was like no. yeah <laughs> different bears playing paddington <laughs> um paul what would you what would you rate the film out of 10 then um i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a nine uh mm-hmm. just because i feel uh 10 is almost too fanboy too early on um <laughs> I mean, it, it very. I mean, genuinely, as in each time, I've, me and my girlfriend have watched it, God knows how many times. Um, we were massive fans of the original, which is funny because growing up, I wasn't a Paddington Bear fan in the slightest. I was, I was very much Team Sooty in the um, in the sort of children in the children's bear category. Paddington never really did it for me. And then, um, I, it was just, a, it's just the richness in British comedy. I think it's such a, uh, it's such a good example of British comedy. And I think uh, it, it's weird. Like again, we saw in the. Um, and a jubilee at the weekend where Paddington made an appearance with the Queen, that it's sort of become like this British institution. But almost off the back of these films, like obviously everyone knew who Paddington Bear was originally, but we'd probably be in the same category as sort of like your Rupert the Bears, Winnie the Pooh. Wallace and uh, Gromit, Like maybe. those sort of things. Wallace and Gromit, yeah, those sort of things. But these films have really taken it to the next level where it's almost like an international icon. Um, yeah. that you would have it. I mean, again, the Olympics, you had the Queen with James Bond and the 70th Jubilee, you've got uh, the Queen with Paddington Bear um, mm, totally. just off these films. So as in it, it, and I, like, again, you, the the cast alone or the, the, the sort of uh, British talent and sort of even in small roles, people who just want to be involved in these. Um, like, again, I, I, I really do want to give it 10, but I'm going to have to just give it a nine just so I'm not going too much too quick. <laughs> 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 yeah. Gary, what what do you think? What are you? Yeah, well, after watching it last night, I was thinking to myself, I was going to give it an eight out of ten, but I really can't fault it like, at all. It, it is mm. what it is, and it does it successfully. Yeah, I guess I'll go for a nine nine out of ten as well. Yeah, I would meet you there as well. I think a nine out of ten. I was I was also trying to think of, um, what like I didn't like about it or if there was anything that I could if I would change anything about it and I just couldn't think at all I feel like it's a film that just has everything in it like there's something in the film for everyone mm-hmm. Um, it ticks yeah. so many different boxes and I feel like it's a film that you would stick on and know that everyone would enjoy it lovely well before we start going into our points here is a synopsis Settled in with the Brown family, Paddington the Bear is a popular member of the community who spreads joy and marmalade wherever he goes. <laughs> One fine day, he spots a pop-up book in an antique shop, the perfect present for his beloved aunt's 100th birthday. When a thief steals the prized book, Paddington embarks on an epic quest to unmask the culprit before Aunt Lucy's big celebration. Dear Aunt Lucy, you sent me to London to find a home. I have a wonderful family. I like that you're in great shape for a man your age, Mr Brown. Ah, thank you, Paddington. Hang on, how old do you think I am? Oh, uh, about 80. I've really got to grips with how things work. Mr Gruber, come in. I'd like to get my Aunt Lucy a birthday present. How about these rolling shoes? Please, Mr. Gruber, be serious. What's this? This popping book is the only one of its kind, and they want a lot of money for it. I'm going to get a job and buy that book. Hello? Window cleaner? 
The thief? We're rich again. Brown pee, laundry duty. It's only one red sock. What's the worst that can happen? Afternoon, chaps. I want to hear all about the investigation. Paddington is innocent. So as you know, we're all going to share our positive points. I think we'll be here all day because the film is just oozing with positivity but um yeah gary you want to kick us off then yeah i'm just going to talk about some of the filmmaking especially the animation and the editing obviously paddington himself looks amazing like the cgi of that same with his aunt and uncle um but just the final details that they've done with the animation as well like when he turns on the electric shaver and the barbers mm -hmm. And all these first starts to vibrate, like it's just wonderfully creative. And there's the scene where he's cleaning the windows. He's became a window cleaner, and he, the bucket full of soapy water like drops in his head, and just the wet look of him as well looks fantastic. But there's also some other great animation that's more, uh, more stylistic, like the popping book scene when he first sees that and he opens it up and then it's him and his Aunt Lucy walking around like this cardboard cutout of London. It's like visually stunning. And other small parts like the adventure series sketches that we see at the start, then the same sort of sketch style was used to draw like, you know, Hugh Grant's character in disguise as well. They're all just, they're great. And one last part of the animation that really stood out for me was when Paddington's in his cell and he's thinking about his Aunt Lucy and you just start to see the leaves and the vines and all that start to like feed through the bricks and the wooden floor and it turns into the jungle. I just it's just a lovely, lovely transition. So yeah, yeah some some of the, some of those animations, like even though you know you're watching an animated bear, like it's just Wait a minute, what? <laughs> um, it's just done with such heart you know you can feel that these filmmakers are like doing their utmost uh, work to like just make a wonderful film yeah yeah I mean it really does I mean again it's, it is weird isn't that to say that um, like it's an animated bear because you do actually it's weird to say that you almost forget and that the fact that the actors are there acting alongside there's nothing there they're not acting to, to a bear uh, tennis ball you know, probably <laughs> yeah you know yeah exactly yeah like tennis ball on a stick is what it probably end up being and it's um but it's uh the animation is brilliant like again you can have ones of where with those sort of crossover films before where it, it's so obvious or it's so clear but or they sometimes cut a corner and you know like say for example on not cut a corner but like say for example on that sonic the hedgehog film recently where it was it was clearly like how the original sonic was after they made that change from the original trailer, yeah. um, where and and so it's clearly a cartoon character, a bit like Space Jam with Bugs Bunny and all that sort of thing. But this was very much like you're saying the individual hairs on Paddington um, just really brings it to life. And I, I I might be just reading too much into it, but I always think that the the pop up book stuff is really reminiscent of like the the 1970s children's TV show of Paddington, where all the like the Browns and all the other characters were all two-dimensional, almost like paper drawings and Paddington yeah. with this stop-motion character. 
had like sort of similarities to it. Again, I could be reading too much into it, but no, it, it was reminiscent. Right. Yeah, it was reminiscent of it, and um, so it just it, it adds to sort of the magic and the sort of the mm -hmm. the history and like the heritage of the character, which I thought was great. Totally. Yeah. And there's some there's some great editing in there as well throughout the film, um, where it shows the transition of time as well. So they do it with the the pop up book, but they also do it with like the montages of. Paddington doing the prison laundry, for instance, it's like cut really well to show him it, and then the same when the there's the cooking scenes in the prison, and the prison's mm. kitchen as well. Like all that is like beautifully shot and really stylistic as well. There's just a lot of heart in it, you know, mm. and you can yeah. tell these filmmakers uh, are putting a lot of heart and soul into it. Absolutely, I I do though agree, um, Paul. That I think it definitely was like a nod to the originals with the pop-up book and the little illustrations and things like yeah it does like take you back to like where it originates from which i think it is nice like it's very rare that you would get something that does that like off the top of my head winnie the pooh probably was quite like that like it was yeah. very sketch like and um reminds you of this originated from a story and sketches and things mm. it's nice but yeah i thought the animation in it was amazing as well and it was really it was paddington's eyes that i just loved totally. like those yeah. moments where yeah. he's going he's been arrested and you're like oh my god my heart is breaking yeah. and when he hugs aunt lucy at the end and yeah it's just beautiful and it just adds like another layer like absolutely with all the little detail and his his coat and his fur and things but it was his eyes for me that was like mm. oh my gosh he's real the eyes good. yeah the eyes are incredible <laughs> because it is a thing of where um that that end scene never fails to make my girlfriend oh, yeah. cry and i always have to reach for a drink or something just to distract myself from <laughs> going. and then uh, and you know you know it's coming and um yeah. it shouldn't really again it's two animated bears having a hug it shouldn't really it shouldn't get you that <laughs> yeah, way like no <laughs> but it really does <laughs> no. it's like uh, if there's one scene it's going to make you go <laughs> so, oh absolutely yeah, yeah. what's great about it as well as we'll talk about like like how every hair on his fur, like every strand, like you can see in such detail, but it still looks like the original Paddington, right? You mm. know, they managed to put all this detail in, but it's like, no, like where's Paul, what you're saying about Sonic, it looked nothing like Sonic when they first created them, but yeah. this, they've still nailed that classic feel yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It does make me laugh though at the prospect that they were acting to like, a tennis ball or something which yeah. made me chuckle when i saw the queen doing that as well yeah like i do wonder did they get a child in just to, just to, do those bits, get, yeah. to hopefully just help with eyeling but i thought all of them how they um like performed with paddington like it all looked natural and real and it looked like a true attention to detail on that front as well like i didn't you know how sometimes when you do see animation you're like mm, they've cheated that that's I don't believe that they're actually looking and connecting to this other character, but with this, you you do feel that true presence. And when she does say, "We've decided to get Anne Lucy here," basically, in other words, um, mm. you you feel it. You you totally. It's totally believable. And with that as well, it just adds an, adds another dimension and makes it more believable and more natural. Really, Paul, what would your first point be? God, it's a. Uh... It, it, it could go for, like you say, it could go for so many things. I'm actually going to go um, 
I'm going to go with Ben Whishaw, actually. I'm actually going to go with Ben Whishaw just as the voice of Paddington. I've got like a list of about sort of eight things on here that could be a point, just because I didn't know what you guys were going to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think leaning in, literally just following on just from the animation, is the other thing that makes Paddington the character or even the whole the whole of the, sh- of the film um, stand out and sort of what it is, it, is Ben Whishaw's voice as Paddington because it's, it's a brilliant voice acting performance, like as in... Um, you know, you see in so many, especially with sort of like, I don't know, it could be like with Disney films or Disney remakes, or even things like with Peter Rabbit uh, voiced by James Corden. It's it's an act, it's it's someone we know, like, and it's just doing the voice uh, or doing a voice and it's just sort of them. Whereas this is a performance. This is like, it, he means every single line. It's not a vehicle for him or anything like that. It's not, and Ben Whishaw as Paddington Bear. It, it is, he is Paddington Bear. Um, and that voice has now become synonymous with that character. In fact, if you hear Ben Whishaw doing anything else, you almost think of Paddington. Like, <laughs> watch that, uh, the very English scandal, which disturbingly mm-hmm. is is actually Hugh Grant having an affair with uh, uh, Ben Whishaw. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's like, oh god, no, <laughs> Paddington, no. That's <laughs> in that. <laughs> it needs um, up in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but again, it's just it, the the. The, the level of detail in the voice is that like, those moments of like real sincerity and heart, like you say, they link in with the eyes uh, and they link in with sort of all the characters and how, how the other actors perform alongside it. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not played like a children's film or a children's cartoon character or a, it, it's, it's played like an actual person. He's playing it like a person, like a like someone who's trying to fit in and find their way, who's trying to do good, who's who's trying to do the best by themselves or by society or by their friends. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's a beautiful performance um, and probably overlooked a little bit because ultimately you don't see him. See him. Whereas mm-hmm. like if, if that was actually him acting in that, you'd be, he'd be getting all sorts of plaudits and awards and stuff, but because it's only a voice, it's almost just in sort of um, Paddington's good. It was in sort of the, the actor yeah. is what makes is also what makes that so much. It's weird because also it's a thing of where um, it was originally going to be Colin Firth um, apparently in the original, uh, and he voiced it and he just he felt it didn't work. Uh, Colin Firth himself actually stepped down from oh, wow. it because he he felt it, it didn't work out like as in he he wasn't right for it. And um, I think it was him that actually recommended Ben Whishaw to try it out, and then um, they went with Ben Whishaw. Oh. So, they do cool. sound quite similar, actually. I think the Ben Whishaw's just got a bit more of that sort of it's a bit more used to him, almost. Bit softness, yeah, a bit more yeah. like naivety and sort of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because as soon as we started watching it last night, I, I recognised Ben's voice right away. Even though I seen the first one, I just couldn't quite remember who it was. Um, but so it's interesting because it it sounds like Paddington. But also mm. sounds like Ben himself. There's a real nice mix of it as well. Mm. And funnily enough, I said to I said to Karen that I thought the actor I can't remember his name. Forgive me, but who plays uh, Henry? He's got a bit of a uh, Colin Firth about him as well. Oh, Al Hugh Bonneville. Yes. Yeah. There's, yeah. A bit, there's yeah. that softness in him as well. Um, yeah. But I, t- I totally think yeah they have made the right decision um, with with Ben. Uh, and it is because he's got that that warm softness in his voice, you know, mm-hmm. and it totally matches. His voice matches the tone of the rest of the film as well, you know. It's yeah. that yeah. that heartwarming feeling. It, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it allows for sincerity properly. Like, I mean, even taken away from Paddington too, like the line of a day when when the the Jubilee thing where he says to the Queen of um, and thank you, Your Majesty, for everything. As in, there are a lot of actors that couldn't deliver that line with that level of sincerity that sort of almost that, that really tugs on the heartstrings as in those just the little ways you might say of, you know, oh I've let Marilyn's down you know that's that, yeah. that sort of stuff and you think oh god Paddington you haven't like um it really it gets you every single time uh because it just it it is that um it's that complete sincerity uh that's needed rather than sort of again like a big broad performance and again in the wrong hands it could easily be that because Paddington is a very clumsy character he sort of does it, you know, he'll, he'll get himself into a muddle or into a mix and stuff. And if you're giving that to the wrong actor, they could really ham up those bits um, and it mm-hmm. could end up being a bit of a disaster. Whereas I think he, he just, he makes it perfect. Yeah. Totally. I, I didn't know who it was. I couldn't place. And I have seen Ben, ben Mushaw and other things, but for, it's, I'm actually going to contradict both of you by saying I felt like it kind of stood alone and I was like, that's just, this is just Paddington's voice. I, I don't mm. know, that sounds daft, mm. but I kind of just got sucked into this idea that I, I quite like the mystery of not knowing who it was, which made it a bit more unique and a bit more special. But like, I know that it is afterwards. I was like, who is it? But I didn't want to look throughout it. I just wanted to sort of enjoy going, who yeah. yeah, this is Paddington's mm. voice and things. Whereas if we watch, you know, like with Toy Story, for example, like, you know immediately that's Tom Hanks and yeah, but maybe that that is just the beauty of the casting that it just suits so well that you just, for some, including myself, you don't even think about who is it that's voicing the bear. Yeah, I mean, again, it, like it does. It, it it's like when you then know it's Ben Wisher and you see him, it, it does. It's like oh, it does sound a little bit like Paddington, but he does yeah. enough of a performance that yeah. there is a de- there is a detachment and it's almost like uh, it, it's almost like. He's borrowed Paddington's voice rather than Paddington's yeah. borrowed his voice. Yeah. Um, so, like again, like you, you can, you can, you forget it very easily when you see him in other things, and you're not sitting uh-huh. there thinking that it's that it's Paddington, that it's someone doing Paddington Bear. That is Paddington mm-hmm. Bear. Um, yeah, like when, like when he's in James Bond and things as well. You're like, yeah, that's not Paddington. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess he, he makes each character his own rather than mm. like, he's never really playing himself is he like he, mm. he really gets into each of his characters yeah mm. beautiful i'm trying to think where we are so my first point so it's kind of like a mix of kind of like what you were saying gary just about some of the visuals really so i love that pop-up book scene i loved paddington and the barber just everything felt very well like choreographed and constructed that the when the razor the razor's on and he just accidentally takes the tops off of leather brushes that are sitting <laughs> and the phone call and how it catches and then how the lever goes and that's what how that happens and things like that and how the mum outside the shop is like no no it'll be fine like it's fine it's just a haircut nothing bad's gonna happen and at that point he slams against the window but it felt fresh like we have seen those like gags before of you know people flying into like a screen or something and you're going well we knew that was coming but like it it felt fresh and it didn't feel gimmicky in that sense. Yeah. It felt like new. I also really loved just him and um, the prison as well, how the prison sort of transforms into this dark, dingy place into like <laughs> a resort almost with like cake <laughs> yeah. and activities and things like that. And I think the whole bit with him um, in the, the kitchen with, What's his name? Is it Knuckles? Yeah. Yeah. You know, him doing the oranges and he like 
poofs up the hat like by blowing his thumb and um the big bag of oranges like and how amazing those oranges look as well and one by one one juicy orange two juicy orange and yeah it's just <laughs> like some of the colors and everything just are amazing just how they pop and even in um the brown's house like that tree going up the windy staircase is yeah. just gorgeous and it's inviting and it you want to go there you want to be you want to go and visit the Brown's house for a cup of tea or something. It just looks so inviting and, again, is reflective in the characters and, and Paddington as well. Like, of course, he would live there. I, I totally agree with that as well, especially the Brown's house. There's this essence of warmth and lived in. And even though they don't look like the most richest family, if you take, like, Buchanan's house in it, you know, it's like this rich thing, but it's very clinical. <laughs> it's very... Yeah, it's got all this Showroom. fancy... Yeah, it, mm. Totally, whereas the uh, just some of the set design, I guess, with the Browns house, it it does represent what Pad does, and it's like love and and family, and yeah, some of those scenes were like the prison scenes, uh, him trying to cook the marmalade, or the the scene in the barbers. It just gives you that essence, as Paul said earlier, um, clumsy Paddington. You know, gets himself yeah. into these sticky situations, but totally means well. And they all tie into each other again as well. I don't want to go into it too much just now because it's one of my other points, but <laughs> everything's got a reason to be there, whether it be set design or mm-hmm. a plot a plot point or um, costumes. You know, everything's mm. everything's got its home in this film. Yeah, attention to detail is is, is crazy, isn't it? And um, I do think it's one of those things I've, I, uh, I've mentioned to people before. Um, I remember being in a uh, development meeting we were producer that hadn't seen it and it made me sound like a nutter, but I was saying as in um, if you see Paddington 2 and you screenshot it, you you know that that's from Paddington 2, like as in a good show or a good film. If you see a screenshot just through the colours and the choices, you know exactly mm. that, that that is from Paddington 2. And any like any scene, just just screenshot any moment and and you'll and it's recognisable, it's instantly iconic. Um Yeah. Again, to a producer that hadn't seen it, it sounded like I was talking mad of all the ones I could have picked was a children's <laughs> film. But again, if you if you think of that prison scene where they're all in the in the pink uniforms, that instantly yeah. feels like an iconic look, you know, where we're in that booth and they're all standing there together. Like mm-hmm. um the 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 colour choices throughout just add this this real richness. Um and again, you just sort of imagine it for people overseas watching uh watching Paddington or Paddington Two of that it it gives this illusion of London it gives this quite real feel of like the London London and UK of sort of like you know like you know how how things must be with sort of like the jubilee and pageantry of the royal family and stuff like that uh it it ticks all those sort of boxes but but at the same time doesn't feel very hacky with it or fake um yeah it, it visually it does is like a postcard but there is so much um more like more realism to it um you know mm-hmm. in terms of character or language or or even just sort of more like those moments of where um, he does get double cross in the first film. There he goes through a whole. I know we're talking about the second, but in the first one he goes through a whole um, thing of where he doesn't fit in and doesn't feel like he has anywhere to belong. And these are sort of themes that that come up quite a lot. But again, if you just screenshot any moment, colour wise, it's just it the it's just it's so vivid and it, it's like a real real feast on the eyes that sometimes just a, a film. Especially comedy, it's something that doesn't happen that often. Um, you know, it's like Paul King does it a lot with like Mighty Boosh and stuff like that. But it, you know, it's it can sometimes be a little bit of just filming by numbers, of just filming 
uh, filming a scene, filming a comedy and moving on to the next scene, whereas the attention to detail for colour is is superb and really does make it, like, takes it to that next level. Yeah. Oh, so the only film I can think it kind of comes close to that, you know, that London feel, but also family in that is, is uh, another one with Ben Whishaw, I'm sure, and it is the uh, modern sequel to Mary Poppins. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's cause it's got similar themes in it about family and choices, but also this London, this London setting, you know, as mm. well, and mm. good triumphs, evil, and things like that. Yeah, well, that segue is quite nice because it is uh, about the villain, the villain, sorry, the villain in Paddington Two. So obviously, Phoenix Buchanan is the villain of the movie, um, but perhaps there's another reading, uh, and maybe. The villain in this film is more fame and working in the acting world. <laughs> right now, I'm talking to uh, two actors as well. So, but even Mrs. Bird warns us that actors are especially devious because they lie for a living, <laughs> and maybe that's almost saying that you know this this industry releases a conveyor belt of liars into the world. Yeah. But. Um, just going about the fame and working in this this type of industry as well because <clears throat> sorry Buchanan's career is getting mocked from the start in this film even by our heroes and he is desperate to get his failing career back on track and mm. he talks about his one man West End show um, but technically speaking it's the industry that's ruined him he hasn't got a penny to his name He's in a world of debt. He's basically a struggling actor who's turned to a life of crime. Mm. <laughs> His agent doesn't even yeah. support him either. Yeah. She's quite happy to just let him do his thing. Totally. And I know I'm probably taking this a bit too far as well, but there's even scenes where we see Buchanan in his attic talking to himself. And you could probably look at that as maybe the acting world has maybe made him go a wee bit insane. And he's got this, like, obsession to make it as an actor and this longing to be famous and that's actually very relatable in the the modern world that we we live on with like tiktok and instagram a lot of people have become very self-obsessed as well and look at uh, buchanan's costumes in the film he's got all these variety of costumes like you could look at that as like a take on instagram filters you know we're totally mm covering herself in these dis- disguises as well. And yeah, and if we look at fame as the villain and not Buchanan, then he is like insecure and unconfident. He hides behind these masks of characters as well. He's basically someone that will do anything and, and everything to find his, his place in the world and regain like some dignity almost in it. Mm. When I, when I watched it, obviously that's my first time, but when you look at the ending, I know it's done as a joke, but Buchanan almost redeems himself in this musical theatre show in prison. So yeah. it's interesting that he finally finds his audience, but only when he's now captive himself and yeah. he's been ruined and he's now in jail and finally that's now him and that's happy. His, that's at his happiest, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think Absolutely. I think, uh, I think it's because when I... When I suggested it originally, and then I was like, he's not he's actually fairly like, he's very likable throughout. Like, as in, it's uh, Hugh Grant plays him incredibly 
likable. Like there's no, you're not really wanting him to get any sort of comeuppance. You actually sort of enjoy him every time he's on screen. Yeah. Um, and the only the only bit in my head I was, I was like, okay, well he does literally make Paddington's uh, <laughs> like trailer. Yeah, uh, nearly kills him. Go, yeah, <laughs> attempted murder. Um, yeah. And then I was like, okay, right, fine. Well, that's pretty evil. But on the whole, we, again, it, it, but he's evil through circumstance, isn't he? Like again, he's he's yeah. desperate, he's insecure. Um, we know he's broke, but we like just because what we've been told he's got this lavish lifestyle from that he's obviously used to from when he was more successful. Um, uh, but he's clearly, obviously, still making some sort of living uh, doing his dog food commercials. And rather than being content with that and sort of like, I'm making a living just doing commercials, uh, he wants more. Um, early off, like you say, is in he he clearly has again. There's there's good lines that, that do relate to it that we can read into it more. Where again. That thing of he he struggles to work with other actors and stuff like again he's he's obviously become very sort of like almost like anxious or sort of like um, insecure as sort of being around other people and stuff and you know uh, difficult to work with uh, just through again the but probably the stressful element of chasing fame um, and that someone else might be trying to take his take it take the limelight from him or something like that so again a one man show is perfect for Fingers Buchanan because it's it's all eyes on him. Um, Whereas the idea of him doing it and then like a young buck or something coming up and taking the role or taking the limelight would would kill him. Yeah, mm. and and with this like world now, you know, everybody's worried about how many likes they're getting on Instagram yeah. and um, things like that. I just totally, he was like the perfect villain for like this modern society, but also keeping it kid friendly, you know, mm. yeah. as well. And uh, I read somewhere that Hugh Grant actually took the part because he just thought it'd be a great chance to rip the piss out of like these pretentious pompous actors that he's mm. worked with in the past and I just thought that's so Hugh Grant yeah <laughs> yeah I think as well like is in terms of character arc for for this character it does feel like he is also like wanting to prove something like when he is following the clues and things he's very much like uncle like I'm going to do this like I'm going to do this for us and you know get the treasure like as part of our legacy so there's a bit of um, fame hunger and things like that, but also I feel like there is like a little bit of legacy. So, so that's interesting as well because we did say earlier that Paddington is all about family, and even with the hero, it's all about family, modern family, love, and that. But you could then say Rebecca that even the villain is about his family's legacy in a way yeah. as well. So there's still yeah. that small, subtle theme of that <laughs> in there. Yeah. And again, there's even things where he's not just trying to like you know find the loot and be rich linking to the fame bit he's doing every single one in the most elaborate costumes as a performance as in it's his yeah. it's his outlet to perform i mean he doesn't need to be dressed as a, in that full armor when he's in the tower of london you could just hide in the box but he you know, like, it's so cumbersome for him to be climbing across the roof yeah. dressed as a, as a knight but you know that he wants to because it's he's embodying the role he's doing this performance mm-hmm. um for that evening, he is being uh, like a, a an old like medieval knight, and he's getting the clues and stuff. <laughs> dressed uh, as the nun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dressed as the nun and everything else. Uh, again, it just leads into him sort of almost. It's this wonderful performance that he's putting on um, mm. in his own mind. I love that scene after it where they're trying to get the sketch of the nun and the security guys like the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Buchanan and Paddington complement each other as heroes and villains as well, because as Mm -hmm. we said, with Buchanan, it's all about himself. He's self-indulgent and 
that's the only person that cares for is himself. But Paddy thinks the opposite. He's always sees the good in things and in people. Like even when he is jailed and put in prison, he talks about how it's oh the security here is really high, which is a good thing. And mm. it's like an old Victorian A-listed building, so it's lo- so lovely to be inside it. You know, yeah. yeah. Even even when the the cook in the prison slags Aunt Lucy. Like, you think he's going... I actually thought he was going to hit him with one of the oranges. But then, yeah. as I was watching, I'm like, no, Paddington's never violent. And it's like, it just gives him a good talking to and a hard stare. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the two of them complement each other. It's, like, very nice. Like, it's the same mm. with, I don't know, like, you know, Batman and the Joker. You know, the two mm. of them work well together. Mm. These two characters do as well. That's... um My second point was really just Hugh Grant. I'm a big fan and... Yeah. I think um, from obviously we had we spoke about Notting Hill like not too long ago and gets the sort of reputation of you know being in all these romantic comedies and things like that that it's it's good to see him also showcase I think as well like he is like taking the mick out of all these actors but I actually looked at it a bit of a look see I can do more than that yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. be a villain and I can do this and I can do it that was, yeah I, I mean I agree it was, it was gonna be my second point actually yeah uh, fun enough because it is it's 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 I I really fly the flag a lot of I generally think it's it's an absolutely faultless performance mm-hmm. uh in terms of in, not just in terms of comedy but because he was nominated at the BAFTAs for best supporting actor and um and it was I think it, it was um Sam Rockwell won for uh, Three Billboards in Missouri. Um, and uh, but it's a real thing of where if you want a faultless supporting actor performance, that's it. Like, as in, like, it will get overlooked because it's comedy and people will sort of like, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a children's comedy or whatever. It's Every single line is absolutely perfect and he makes the yeah. most out of it. And not just the lines, just the little... The little laughs, the little sides, like, you know, it's in um, mm-hmm. uh, Throw Me in Prison and Lock Away, the, or Prison's a Terrible Place. Um, I should know, I did three years in Le Miserable. And he yeah. does that little laugh, <laughs> as in sort of like a little bit cheeky of me and all that, and like really yeah. coming up to the crowd. Um, and then like when they're, when they're clapping and he's asking them to stop, and they go, go on a little bit more and all that. All those little moments, the him, uh, like fingers, 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 uh, like uh, this, the, the, the tiny little bits that Hugh Grant puts in, um, really does uh take it to a, a completely like a different level of character like again yeah. it, it, it's not it's it could be like you say it could be quite you know as in it's he he saw an opportunity within that and there's a thing with Hugh Grant that he never watches his uh performances back he's quite like a nervous performer and he never watches his performances back mm. but Paddington Paddington 2 is one of the only ones that he's he goes yeah no I'm really I'm really proud of that and yeah. um and I, I I it is one of those if I feel like it is it it's robbed of the accolades it's de- it deserves because there's this whole thing about drama versus comedy and comedy's overlooked, but it, and it's an incredible performance. Sorry to interrupt, but I just... Uh, no, 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 so, um, I yeah. totally agree. Like, I think he is one of those actors that is so um, versatile because I've, I've really loved him in um, the miniseries The Undoing, I believe it was mm. called, with um, Nicole Kidman, and he played a different part there. He also had like a different sort of role um, in The Gentleman. And you're totally right. In this film, it just feels like there'll, there'll be friends of his watching this film going, you cheeky bastard, because <laughs> like that gag or that delivery is like directed to them in some way. I feel like you're a part of the joke with Hugh Grant and that character of like, he's really thought about it and gone, I'm going to really enjoy myself and let my hair down with this and be as mm. cheeky as possible. Um, which makes him 
really lovable in my eyes. But um, no, I just I just really really loved him in it, and um, I can't imagine who else you know we, we would have had instead of. I just really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, again, when you've when you've got a film like that, and you've got Brendan Gleeson in it, and he sort of almost gets forgotten because of how good mm-hmm. Hugh Grant is. I mean, Brendan Gleeson's brilliant in it. But you, yeah. it never gets mentioned because Hugh Grant is just different level. Um, again, like there's, there's uh, to be every every single time he's on screen, you're almost you're wanting to see more of him. Or when he's not on screen, it's sort of um, where's Hugh Grant? Where is he? Yeah, like, uh, desperate. As soon as he appears, and it's um, like again, I've watched it countless times, and there's always something new that makes you laugh that he mm-hmm. does. It could be a funnier side, or a, it just just the additions that he adds that is always fitting within the character. It, it's so easy in comedies where you'd have actors throwing in lines because they're funny, but not necessarily something the character would say. Um, but everything's so so true to it. If it's just even yeah. like a little look or a little reaction or like, um, uh, you know, when he catches them in the house um, and they're sort of, and he's, and he's, he's clearly more, more smart than they are in that scene of, um, he's, he's well aware that they're, they're trying to find the book and stuff. And then, um, yeah. you know, uh, next time, maybe not come around in your dressing gown. <laughs> but we're very British about yeah. it and we won't yeah. mention it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he goes yeah, exactly. Um, again, I just think it is, it's just the, um, the, uh, well, that was the, other, the line most laughed, not, um, most laughed last night was the, um, <laughs> on the phone to his agent with the, um, Thank you. I've never had any complaints about Mr. and Mrs. Bottycheek. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's class. Of course, that's what he calls his ass. <laughs> Even when he's sitting in the room and he's he's found the book and he's like, "Oh my goodness, it's still here! It's still here!" Mm. It's not like a ha ha ha. They, I got away with it. It was very. It's very like, oh, thank gosh, like they didn't find it. And then he's doing the Macbeth, and then he's doing Poirot yeah. and things like that. It's just like these little nuances and clever. It's just. Just really, really loved it. It's interesting as well, uh, saying about how Brendan Gleeson doesn't really get noticed on it because he probably actually has more screen time maybe than mm. uh, Hugh Grant, you know. But and, and that's not any disrespect. Cause I think Brendan Gleeson does a terrific job as well yeah. in it. Um, but you are right. There's something very captivating about Hugh Grant and most of his work, to be honest, as well. That if you take something completely different, like. Love actually, you always get a slight smile when it goes back to you know the prime minister's scenes. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's just really nice. Yeah, I mean, not in the undoing. It's very dark. Uh, you're not really like, yeah, there's oh god, what's Hugh Grant doing? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'd recommend that for a good comparison. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Gary, then I think this is maybe your third point. Then yeah. So basically, mine is just on the writing. I mean, we've touched on a few of these things already, but credit to, we spoke about the animation being so good, the performance has been so good, but so is the writing as well. And I think that's mm. what completes this film and why it's getting the 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, everything comes back around on, in this. Nothing is there without a reason. And I just want to give like a few examples of that as well, just to show that it is like a well-crafted script. So even like at the start when we're introduced to Buchanan and it's at the fun fair, this could have just been a nice backdrop to set the scene, you know, that's all it could have been. But then by the end, we realise actually the fun fair is where the fortune was all along. It's where it's been kept. And then small characters as well, like uh, the bin man character who gives Paddington a lift in the morning. Again, it, could have, it was just a nice wee heartwarming scene to watch how he gets from A to B. 
but then that comes back around again and it's the bin man it gets him to the station on time he also gives him a bin to hide in which was a great scene <laughs> 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 I think it's like the policeman puts the yeah. donut in the bin and he's like thank you and he's like what <laughs> no <And> problem <laughs> the way technology is going though like very, very soon we're going to have bins that will thank us probably for using them yeah. you know mm. um, but then other things as well like that scene that we spoke about earlier we, with the in the barbers where the customer comes in I thought that was a nice twist that that ends up being the judge but then yeah. the judge appears on the train again at the end as well even Paddington getting the job as a window cleaner great fun scenes in there but then the extendable ladders are then used again during this this train heist <laughs> small things like Henry's joke about the yoga classes but then as the yeah. train tracks start to yeah. like spin like widen, he has to do the splits. I, well, I've made a note. I've made a note of that because it's almost like what's that thing with the um? If you reveal a gun in the first act, you need to fire it in the third. Uh, it's like a pad- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like a Paddington Two version of that. Yeah, yeah. Like if 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 Mr. Brown does some sort of like wellness thing in the first act, it needs a, <laughs> he'll have to reuse it again in the third. Exactly. <laughs> <I was> like- <laughs> and then um, just like I mean, people might have noticed this or not, but this the film starts off with. Uh, Paddington is a, a young cub almost drowning but again uh, Aunt Lucy saves him at that point but now we've got you know his new family saving him at the end mm. uh, his new friends coming down off the plane into the water as well to save him so even that which just looks like how uh, Aunt Lucy and the uncle came to find Paddington it actually still even plays into this full story so yeah just the writer just couldn't remove any scene because it pays off further down the line. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that scene makes me sad as well, though. Like, I know he's going to be saved and it's going to be okay, but, like, that we like, hold at the hand and, like, oh, my yeah. God, oh, like, please, yeah. how's he going to get out? <laughs> and one other thing I'll say on the writing really quickly is we've just watched a film about an animated bear, right? But a great writer finds ways to have, like, human emotion in these characters like no matter what the story is, if you're doing a story about a character that isn't human, that you need to give them these human elements, or else we can't relate to them. I mean, a great example of that is Finding Nemo. <laughs> you know, mm. it's all about fish, but actually, it's the human emotions of a father trying to find his son that that makes it relatable and compassionate. And with this as well, like you could actually change Paddington Bear to just a child, a young child. And it would still feel very much like the same story. So I just, again, the writing is um, filled with such emotion and, and compassion that it's, again, that's why it scores 99% on mm. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. My, my third point is, I, I guess it ties in with the writing as well. It's just really the humour of it. Um, there's like some silly like kid humour that you can, you can picture when kids would laugh at and then you've got some adult humor as well like the whole yoga thing um uh, i believe he's having what they call a bit of a midlife crisis like he says at the <laughs> beginning and you know he's dying his hair and stuff like that and you're like oh my god you can, that's that's really funny and um yeah i love that orange bit as well um i also loved um the security guard when he's talking about the nun and about how she was this beautiful nun and he goes yeah so i, I saw the nun and I set off at high speed and it shows you what actually happened and he's just <laughs> kind of like carrying his cup of tea, like kind of jauntily going after her. Um, 
there's a really good thing in the in the first film. Uh, sorry, there's a really good thing in the first film. Simon Farnaby plays the same character in both, but he's just Fantastic. he's a security guard of a different thing. So he's a security guard of like this geographers association in the in the first one, and um, they break in uh, uh, to like to get this map or something. And um, uh, uh, Mr. Brown is dressed as a, f- a female cleaner, and the security guard falls for. Mr. Brown in that, so it's like it's this thing in both, but it's sort of where he's uh, the the security guard in both films has one scene, but he always falls for a bloke yeah. dressed as a woman. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, just a nice little note. This guy always really does have a thing for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also Emma Simmons still pretty hopeless then. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just love some of those like kind of funny moments of when he's like washing the windows and something goes terribly wrong and he ends up in the back garden and the, the you know the guy's looking at him and he's like no it's mm. okay everything's <laughs> fine and he's like washing the the windows with his tail and everything it's just yeah it's just like I said at the beginning there's just something for everyone in this film and I think there's, there's so many good like little lines isn't there the, the little lines and in particular like the um you know and they're all at the window and uh he introduces them to all his people work like all his friends they've all got the different names and one of yeah. them is the mp and the sort yeah. of um i hope i can rely on your vote and then uh, <laughs> do you recognize this man they go i couldn't possibly comment at this time <laughs> so, uh, yeah. it's, it's hidden yeah. within all the other comments but it's uh it's a, such a good little um it's 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 comedy but it's also like a rich richness in character which was probably yeah. my third point which is always a bit of both um it is just like the uh, every single character. Uh, there's that. There seems to be freedom to, to that each actor's been able to find their character. So even that 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 MP is literally one scene. It's two lines, but it's it's quite memorable yeah. uh, in how it stands out. Um, the 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 judge uh, in the barbers, and then later on, and, and you see him again on the, tr- on the train. Um, again, that could just be a very normal sort of snooty quite serious well it could have been any judge yeah yeah but the the how he does it well get on with it then and all the sort of um when the champagne's being poured oh yeah it's very civilized very civilized like all the little lines that actor adds to make that that pompous judge character stand out even more and when his wife tells him to be quiet and then yes Gertrude yeah Um, (laughs) it's a long hard stare pretty much yeah yeah (laughs) all those all those little bits um each character is quite rich uh in, in what it adds um, and it, and then things just tying in, or even just things in the background that you don't even notice, like where the newspaper that um, that Knuckles is reading when he's like bored, uh, when like he's making making um, Paddington uh, make the marmalade. Um, there's an article in it of um, uh, was it uh, get out of jail free card, not legally binding, says judge. Yeah. Um, and then like like all these like little articles of sort of like things that if you if you freeze the screen, you'll you'll find all these little jokes of it where it's just so rich in humour. Um, yeah. um, I think one of my favourite jokes at the beginning is the thing of where um, Mr Brown's really worried about being past it and then Paddington says I think you look good for your age and then um, how old do you think I am oh at least 80 like really yeah, yeah, a sincere yeah. delivery he thinks he's being quite polite he thinks he's saying a nice thing <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, so again yeah, I, yeah the, the, the comedy within it um, there's just so many or there's lines that happen off screen it's, it's, a, it's a real trait that seems to be in both the films of where you just hear a line from a character that's off the screen. It could be a noise, it could be a reaction, um, and they just add to this sort of world that's created, like you're saying there, of where everything ties in with like the binman and stuff like that. Everyone has these sort of roles um, that everything completes, so everything is going on around around it and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I just I just think yeah, the, the comedy in particular, it, it really is a laugh out loud film. Um, that again, like it's I know we, we it's been said a lot with like children's films like be it like Shrek or Toy Story where um, oh there's something in it for everyone, but this very much is that. Like in, in fact, mm-hmm. it, it's funny to think of it sometimes when you when we we've sat here and spoke about it now that that this is actually a children's film. Um, yeah. Because again, the the humour that's added from the likes of like Hugh Grant and stuff like that. Um, through all the through all the actors in it, I mean, this is this cast is similar to what you'd find in like the Harry Potter films. I mean, it's the same production company, but it is that thing of where mm-hmm. the actors that it attracts, um, like you know, I mean, if you think of sort of any actor sort of being told you want to be in a kids' film, like a, a lot of actors would probably almost want to turn their nose up at it, and sort of it could be a bit damaging for their career to be in a in like a children's film. Um, whereas this, people are like sort of jumping at this, and I'd imagine sort of like the cast of the third would be fairly similar um of people desperate to be in it almost in sort of a feather in the cap to be to be in a, a Paddington film um and again like the sort of the great and good of British comedy um are very much appearing in it in, in even like the smallest of roles like Jessica Hines just appearing as a um like on a market stand uh, like selling newspapers yeah. I mean like she sort of co-wrote Space like sort of one of this country's like most celebrated writers and performers uh, in such in such little roles they just want to be part of it which sort of says everything about it really yeah, it's like Rich Lowardy. Rich Lowardy's in it for like two lines, like um, mm-hmm. like with the in the thing of it being the marmal, like the expert with the marmalade. Um, mm-hmm. It's in just sort of like uh, again, it just sort of shows a lot. I mean, obviously, it's all the links and connections of the people that have written it and made it and stuff, but that who it attracts, and it just makes it it makes it that much funnier because you are you have got like the best possible comedic actors doing these roles. Um, and it just it really does add to it. Yeah, I've, I've literally just kind of hit the nail on the head. I've actually not even got anything to add to it. <laughs> the, the, like, just if we were talking about uh, funny funny lines or funny scenes, though, we were talking a few seconds ago, I would say when uh, the family get to meet Paddington's new friends and that booth, and you put that really unique <laughs> frame shot, and Mr. Brown goes to turn off the speaker and accidentally turns off the light, and it's like, we can still hear you. <laughs> one of that was one of my favourite parts in it. And well. they're also poker face still as well. Like yeah. they don't give the gag away too quickly. Yeah. You don't see anyone kind of be like, mm, that's yeah. quite funny or whatever. Like mm. everyone keeps keeps it. Um I also love that scene. I, I don't know again, but I watch it as a visual way of someone's head needs to go down here. Okay, no one's mm. blocking anybody. That's amazing. Yeah. Like how many takes yeah. did that take? It's amazing. Great choice. I know another thing that um actually I, I did like was um the band very subtle of like the yeah. same sort of band that goes throughout made it kind of feel a bit like um like something you would see like in a play or um like a jazz band kind of thing of um just this band that follows Paddington and it's not too much where it's like right in your face and rammed down your throat it's just like these kind of big beautiful moments of him, you know, washing washing the windows and him with his wee group and in the prison and things like that. It's just very subtle and just adds like another kind of element to it. That I mean, I was I was I was holding back there because they're sort of my fun fact bit, so I won't give the fun fact about it. But um, okay, they uh, they they, 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 they appear in both, but it's it's a really nice thing with that with the music and stuff because it's a it's a choice that's like made, um, like the calypso band music and things because when um. Uh, Michael Bond was writing these books. Uh, he was based in around sort of Notting Hill and Paddington, around the sort of point of like the Windrush generation. Um, and he was massively influenced. And the, the story of Paddington, like we were saying before, is the themes of Paddington are, are really, really important, like more so now than ever, of um, 
again you think back to the original of like he's a, he's effectively a refugee or you know as in you know the tag around his neck please look after despair thank you as in because he's been taken from his home and he's having to make a life for himself in England or in London rather and um and there's so many similarities uh within that you have these little points throughout and it's really well written within going back to the writing is anyone who is a negative character towards Paddington always refers to him as bear um which you could take as almost like a derogatory like a derogatory term it could even be like similar to like a racial term as in yeah. like um uh, and like Mr Curry for example that the neighbor um more so in the first but still very much in this one always referring to him as like an undesirable mm-hmm. um you know do you are you aware there's an undesirable on your roof and all these sort of things you could change that to any nationality and and it and it would really show who and what Mr Curry actually is mm-hmm. um and uh and and the and the music all links into that of of the of what um Michael Bond was inspired by when he was writing Paddington and it just links it in that calypso band music um it does give that what it, what it gives more than anything um that that they're obviously trying to do is is show that um that for people watching the film like for if for children in terms of education people outside the UK or even just it's just us as adults is that somewhere like a big city like London has a place for everyone um and that everyone is welcome everyone can be at home there like as in not every single person in this film like in an old fashioned film where everyone is looks exactly the same they've all got sort of bowler hats and they hold umbrellas and they all every every single person looks different in this film it's 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 almost like colorblind casting which really does create this sort of um uh, uh such a diverse diverse london which is so like really modern like is in it and it really does show london in, a, in its best way possible and that calypso band adds to it because rather than it being sort of okay what could be like a real london band and you could always imagine sort of almost like um lambeth walk sort of almost like east end sort of music no they've gone for something much more cultural and much more fitting and, and, and yeah much again, more warm link, mm. more warm and it, and it links that heritage and again linking that to sort of that um Paul King's almost like Mighty Boosh style, that slight surrealness, but linked in with sincerity of and, and played straight. So that band pops up in the most obscure of places. Yeah. And, you know, like no one else can see them apart from us. And they're not playing up to it. They're just playing normally this bright flash of colour with the outfits they wear and everything else. And then the camera just pans along and it, that music just, just carries on through. And that music was used in, in both, which sort of, again links those films beautifully. Nice. So not only does it have its own look and its own style of comedy it also has its own sound which yeah. i think is really important for the for the paddington films mm-hmm. 100% mm. so, and i'm glad you touched on that paul about like you know um what what padding represents in general but especially the first one and even though it's a different story in the sequel they've not they've not forgot about padding's roots of, mm. of what padding as a character means in relation to coming to the uk Absolutely. There's a really nice bit early on that's never really um it's really subtle from the first to the second where um it's he's referred to as Paddington Brown. So you just it's never mentioned at any point, but obviously at some point he has been adopted and really taken in as part of he is now one mm-hmm. of the Browns. He's Paddington Brown. Um in the first film he's sort of he's just living there and you know and he he stumbles into that household and by the end of it he sort of they've accepted him and he feels at home. But between the first and second film, he is now a bona fide member of the Brown family, which is mm-hmm. just such a nice, nice little, um, a nice little moment. Again, it's not made a big deal of, but it's just that is the reality of, of yeah. who he is. Yeah, lovely. Well, 
after our big chat, has anyone changed their rating at all? Four out of ten. I've gone down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I think I, I think I'm going to still stick at. I think I still stick at nine. Like again, after this chat, I'm so desperate to go higher. But um, if I go higher, then there's nowhere for Paddington three to go. Um, True. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll stick. Yeah. I'll stick with a, a nine as well. Mm. Well, I'm gonna put big brave pants on, and uh, I might give it a ten. Wow, nice. the perfect film. Yeah. Take that, the third man. It's just so <laughs> I know. It's just so feel good, and yeah. I could dance about it. But I just I can't think of anything that I didn't enjoy about it. Yeah, I think it's one of those films that um, a lot of people could maybe turn their nose up at and go, "I'm not mm. watching that because it is a kids' film." I think anyone would be pleasantly surprised by what mm. we see. It's just such a, a joyful, charming um, film. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we are going to take a little break and when we return, we are going to have our quiz, our fun facts of the day, and we're also going to share some creative uh, recommendations, things that we all think you should check out. In the past month, these three shadowy individuals have all been seen snooping around three London landmarks. Oh. We think the thief you saw is part of a criminal gang. Using the pop-up book as a treasure map. Well, it's a theory. Have you found out who they are? Not yet, dearie. Maybe I should take a look. I'm sorry, this is a private conversation. Oh, it's all right, Mr Brown. This is my friend, Knuckles. Oh, yeah. And this is Fibs. G'day. Spoon. Hello. Jimmy the Snitch. All right. T-Bone. Watch out. The Professor. Hope. Squeaky Pete. Hello. Double Bass Bob. Hello. Farmer Jack. Okay. Mad Dog. Oof. Johnny Cashpoint. Catching. Sir Jeffrey Wilcott. I hope I can rely on your vote. And Charlie Rumble. <sighs> it's so wonderful to meet you all. <laughs> I must say it's a great relief to know that Paddington's already made such sweet friends. <laughs> Would you excuse us a moment? What are you doing? Talking to the nice men. Nice men? Mary, we can't trust these people. I mean, look at them. Talk about a rogues gallery. Hideous. And as for that bearded baboon in the middle, he's hardly got two brain cells to rub together. We can still hear you, Mr. Brown. Oh, yeah. That was the light you turned off. The microphone is on the other side. It's got microphone written on it. And we are back for our quick fire quiz round. So Gary and I are going to ask Paul five questions each, all based on the film. Um, it's just for fun, obviously. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, are you are you ready? Well, as ready as I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've talked a good game, so now this is where it turns out if mm. I know my Proof stuff or not. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, dokies, Gary, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Nice, easy one to begin with. What age does Paddington think Mr. Brown is? At least 80. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what job does Paddington take on to earn money? Uh, window cleaner. Correct. What does Paddington <laughs> clean his ears out with? Uh, oh, toothbrush. Yes, electric toothbrush, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where did Paddington find the book? Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gruber's. Gruber's Antiques. Yeah. 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 Perfect. What is the name of the prison cook or chef? 
Knuckles McGinty. Yes. Where does Paddington live? Uh, Kensington Gardens. No, it's Windsor Gardens. Oh, ah, close, oh, close. That is very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, what time is the train leaving Paddington Station? Uh, six thirty-five. Yes, yes. I couldn't even told you that one. Um, oh God, I feel terrible. What was the name? I'm still going to ask it though. What was the name of Buchanan's thief? Like the thief character. Oh, Magwitch. <gasps> yes, correct. Nice. Good fun. Uh, what age will Aunt Lucy be turning on her birthday? Is it 100? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll hang on this last question. Um, who made the book? Michael Bond. No, no, no. You, the oh, um, pop-up book. Oh, um... Madam Kostlova? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> that was nine out of ten. That's good. Yeah, I'm very like I'm very score. annoyed. I'm I'm very annoyed about Kensington Gardens. That's really annoyed me. <laughs> I do know that. It's, Kensington Gardens isn't it. That's that's where Princess Diana lived. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Close no, disappointing. Yeah. Very close. Um, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Amazing. Still still a good score. Um, Okay, well, we're now going to move on to fun fact of the day. My fun fact is the first, (laughs) the first marmalades weren't actually made from oranges at all. The word marmalade comes from the Portuguese, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that, marmelo, a type Mm. of quince paste. It's not really fun. What is quince paste though? I don't know. I'm not a fan of marmalade to be honest. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I tried it really hoping I would be, and then I, I'm not a fan. To, no. no. That's, that's where I let myself down as a Paddington fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a small, rounded fruit grown on trees. So it mm. may look sweet. It, deli- it may look as delightfully sweet and juicy as an apple or pear. We it's not really fun, is it? We got You've totally own. sucked the fun out of no, it. No, <laughs> at least it's Paddington related. That's this is, good. This is, the, this is the Windsor Gardens question all over again. <laughs> um, Paul, what's your fun fact? Um, so I've got two here. I'm going to go with the one that's uh, that was linked to the band a bit earlier. The Calypso band that features in Paddington and Paddington 2 is called D-Lime. And they're actually um, formed by Damon Alban from Blur. Um, oh. He put he put that band together, um, cool. and yeah, he recommended oh, them to cool. Paul King. Yeah, and the yes. other the other weird fact um, is the prison dance at the end was choreographed by Craig Rowell Horwood from Strictly Come Dancing. Both <laughs> <laughs> um, like really great facts, just totally like quince like all over my quince fact. Like honestly. <laughs> uh, well, mine's nothing to do with Paddington. Well, I guess it could be because he wears a blue jacket, but <laughs> blue is the world's favourite colour with over 35% of the population voting for it, I guess, or choosing it as their favourite colour. It's not my favourite colour. Is it any of yours? It is mine, yeah. There you it go. Is mine. There you go, so. Yeah, as a, as a Chelsea fan, blue is the colour. So, ah. yeah. 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 Mine is purple. <laughs> 
Oh, that's nice. Do you know, I get asked this all the time at work and I need to go, what is my favourite? And then I just go, oh, it's got to be yellow. Like, blah, blah, blah. And the kids are like, yeah, me too, me too. Um, I think I, my favourite colour is red. Okay, very yeah. nice. Um, okay, well, and also we're going to round off by suggesting some creative uh, recommendations. So anything you think our listeners should maybe check out or keep their eyes peeled for. Um, my recommendation is um, a stage version of Big Fish. Either of you ever seen Big Fish? Yeah. yeah. John August, isn't it, John? Yeah, I love that film. Um, so that it's going to be put on in Glasgow by Glasgow Live Productions the 28th to the 30th of July at the Glue Factory so yeah, something a wee bit different and obviously very excited to see um, things back on stage so yeah, if you're looking for something it looks and sounds upbeat from what I've heard um, and a good friend of mine is producing it so yeah, check it out um, what about yourselves? What what do we think? What we're thinking? Well, you go first. Um, so, um, just just a, from a sort of a filmmaking and writing uh, perspective, um, I mean it's not it's not a massive find because it's it's pretty it's pretty famous. But um, uh, just finished the last, most recent series of Inside Number Nine um, by Steve Pemberton and uh, Reece Shearsmith, which is absolutely. Fantastic anthology series, uh, mixture of sort of comedy, drama, it. horror. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, but linked to it is their podcast, Inside Inside Number Nine, where oh, cool. they, where they talk and discuss in detail about every single episode, all the all the decisions they made, all the themes within it, all the challenges, um, and little things to look out for. Uh, which, again, if you watch an episode and think, yeah, it's got okay. Um, you'll end up loving it ten times more through listening to just just the, the process they went through to create it and their passion for their for their show. Um, uh, and again, from a, just a writing filming perspective, it just adds. Um, it's always really interesting to hear someone's process and uh, the journey they go on in, in making these things and, and how it all put together. Uh, so I'd highly recommend cool. not just Inside Number Nine, but Inside Inside Number Nine. I didn't know there was a new series of Inside Number Nine. If I watched all of it. Uh... Well, whatever it took us up to, um, maybe a few years back, four years ago or something like that. And yeah, I I really loved it. Very like short and snappy, but like also um in a weird way it does make me think a bit of like Black Mirror and that sense of they're yeah. all standalone kind of mm. short episodes. Um, a bit obviously different sort of tones. Um, <laughs> and I suppose Black Mirror's got huge like things underneath what they're saying yeah. with their episodes but um yeah inside number nine is just very funny like like you're mitchell and webb sort of fuel and that kind of thing mm. um it's one yeah. of those things of where it's like you could you could both be fans of it and both love entirely different episodes um, yeah because it just again I've, I've had conversations with people that are massive fans of the show and, and our favorite episodes would be completely not aligned in the slightest um mm -hmm. just because you it, it just it taps into different things with different people yeah um i just i just think it's uh fantastic it's like this was like series seven so it's like 40 odd episodes they now have wow um, but it's still as strong as ever it's something i've always wanted to check out actually yeah, it's like the humor on it is definitely up my street mm. yeah what's good about it because again because that's there because um it's anthology well, there's seven series as in i mean you really can just sort of 
pick and choose and sort of like dip in and out really like sometimes you see sort of seven series you think oh god that is a commitment like there's a lot of episodes to get through where realistically because it is you can just pick up watch it if you've got half an hour just watch an episode watch a short a short film effectively um always quite inspiring just in terms of how they set something up and get out within that half an hour and round it all off um it's always good thanks um, well, my creative recommendation is an app called Guru Shots, and it's a photography app. But what's quite good about it is, uh, on it, people create challenges, and you upload a photo that has got the the same sort of themes of that challenge. So it could be landscape photography that day, or it could be pets, or it could be sports, anything, whatever the, the challenge maker decides. You upload your photo to it. And then there's like a time, a timer on it to upload your photo. And then you basically vote for the photos that you like in that challenge. And then they announce, nice. the, they announce the top 10 winners who got the most votes. But it's all mm. done anonymous, so you can't vote for your friend or anything like that. And it's not revealed who's won <laughs> until the end. Uh, but the way you swipe through it is very much like the way you would click a like on Instagram. But it's really nice. It's really nice because it's like for the most part it's really nice photos whereas when you sit on instagram you know yourself you're just mostly looking at utter rubbish <laughs> like yeah, you're looking yeah. at what someone had for dinner last night or them yeah. drunken you know the nightclub toilet or random mm. stuff so this is quite nice just to be looking at some beautiful imagery for a change <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> amazing well paul Thank you very much for joining us and bringing Paddington 2 with you. It's been lovely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? Uh, Yes, I am on Instagram at Paul underscore Longley, which is L-O-N-G-L-E-Y, and uh, on, on Facebook by the same name and uh, Twitter don't really tweet that much, but if you if you if you want the full set, um, you're more than welcome, and that's just, uh, <laughs> at Paul Longley, all, all one word. The hat trick. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Riddle Rebecca and on Twitter, which I also don't use very often, but mm. just got to have one. In case, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, at Riddle R. And I'm still Gary, and you can still follow me at G Pro on Instagram and on Twitter. I try to use Twitter, but I get <laughs> I get I get more of the likes and stuff elsewhere. But I'm still there too. <laughs> well, all I'm going to say, guys, is the Twitter police are going to really be. We're all going to be getting in trouble off of them. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode and this film please let us know please like subscribe and share um, if you're listening on Apple Podcast please also remember to rate and review the podcast we really really appreciate it you can also send us your comments or thoughts or anything at all to our email address choosefilmpodcast at gmail.com you can follow the podcast at Film Choose on Twitter and Choose Film Podcast on Instagram. You've been listening to Choose Film Podcast and join us next time for, oh, who knows what yeah. film it's going to be is another surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. This Bye. conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye.